to Let's Talk Shop, a podcast filled with business stories and practical advice for the product-based entrepreneur. You're listening to Season 1, Episode 5. Hello and welcome to Let's Talk Shop, a podcast for the small business owner and entrepreneur. If this is your first time tuning in, my name is Therese and I'm a small business mentor who work with business owners to grow their wholesale. If you need any help at all with your wholesale, do get in touch and maybe we can work together. I'm super excited about today's episode with Molly Park. Molly is the head of design for home and gifts at Oliver Bonus and I felt so inspired after our talk about creativity, the creative process and how retail and consumer habits are changing. I know a lot of you who are listening are creatives and I hope that you enjoy hearing how Oliver Bonus create their own brand ranges and how they work with their suppliers to develop new products. When I first thought about launching this podcast, I wanted a wide range of guests from the retail industry and I think that Oliver Bonus has gone from strength to strength and I feel that their own brand product has been a big part of that journey. Molly has been there since they started developing their own ranges and has played a big role in designing and developing their distinctive design handwriting. I met Molly at the Oliver Bonus press office in the middle of London, so please excuse any background noises. They had just hosted a press day to showcase their autumn range and it was filled with glitter and lots of beautiful products, so have a look at my Instagram for some snaps. I hope you enjoyed today's interview and I would love your help to share the episode and show your followers where you are tuning in. If you do, remember to tag me. I'm at small underscore business underscore collaborative and this would really help others discover the podcast too. But without further ado, here's my interview with Molly. Hello Molly, welcome to Let's Talk Shop. Thank you so much for coming on the show. Thanks for having me. This is going to be the first interview I'm doing in person, which is a bit nerve-wracking. I, I, do you know what? I love meeting people in person. I find it really weird online or I don't like, I don't even FaceTime. I don't really like it. <laughs> so I, for me, it's really just nice to see you, how you're reacting to things and it's just nicer. It is nicer. It's just I suppose time and also I wanted to make sure that I interview people from all all over the country rather than just London because everything is always just London. (laughs) I know but we get to hang out which is great so I'm honoured that I'm the first person you've met that you're interviewing so that's fantastic. Thank you. I'm so happy to be here. So how are you feeling today? Hot. It's very hot outside. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. I um, looked when I came in here 32 degrees out. Yeah, I'm quite dreading Thursday. It's um, supposed to be 39 degrees, but yeah, we'll be right. We'll get through it. Yeah, hopefully. Yeah. I, I love the heat. I don't want to complain about it. We finally have summer, but it's a bit too warm. It's for a bit too warm. Yeah, and also, actually, I travel a lot for work. And so the places I usually go to are quite hot countries like India, uh, south of China, Indonesia. So I feel like I feel like I'm constantly living in summer. I told this to my best friend yesterday and I got told off and I was like, I can't wait for winter. I just can't wait. Because I know I'll be out. Around. And she's like, what are you talking about? I know, she was like, no. You're being spoiled. Yeah, she was like, don't say that. I'm like, no, but I just, I do, I do love the, I do love winter. It's cosy. We get to wrap up and like candles. And, and eat more. <laughs> lots of things yeah. you like yeah. about winter. When I asked my Instagram audience, like before I even started the podcast, yeah. what retailers 
of people would like to hear from, and Oliver Bonus was one of them. Oh, I'm really happy about we're this. Honored. <laughs> we're honoured. I think it's just a great business because it still has its own identity, whereas, you know, a lot of companies that have grown as quickly yeah. lose that. So yeah. I think it's going to be really interesting I mean, to I'm chat not, with you. It's, it's, a, it's challenging from time to time, but, you know, I we're there we're just kind of fighting through it and we've got a great team and i think the thing is ollie still really supports it and so it's it's got big to be honest because we're out in tollworth in surrey we don't really feel it but when they start mentioning are we opening this door or here i do notice that it's grown but for me i still feel that it's where we were six years ago but um and we still work the same way we haven't changed it and we have people come in, try to change it and turn us into traditional high street retailers. And it just really doesn't work because we're so organic and we like to have fun. And so I think that's why we're still have, we still have our identity or that it almost feels like an independent store. Yeah. yeah. And that is really difficult to do. Yeah. And I think a lot of high street stores would love to be able to do that, but they just can't. <laughs> well, I think, you know, it's having as a design team, it's, when the creativity leaves the business, I think that's where the big change is. And having great buying and great merchandising team to support that. And I think that's a key to success because I won't mention who, but we've discussed before we started the podcast. I used to work for business and you'll probably find out who. But they were fantastic. It was really exciting. It was so creative. And it just became very much number-driven company and they lost that design soul and it really upsets me to the day because I think it could have been such an iconic brand even bigger than what it is now uh, but I think hopefully we'll carry that on with all of us and most importantly to be honest we're there to just have fun and I think that is so evident with all the products and yeah. all the colors and everything that you guys do I mean we're sitting in the press room now and it's full of sparkles and glitter and and this is why our, our offices are literally like this. It's um, our, it's so creative. I, I'm actually the resident DJ, so I play all the music. <laughs> and, you know, I think compared to any other office, it's very fun, very organic. A lot of loud music, a lot of shouting. We're dancing in the middle of the office. We do... It's like... I, I was talking to our team the other day, and we're like, it's like being up design school again, art school again. But that's brilliant. Yeah, yeah, it's really, really fun. It really, um, and I think that's how you engage people. And I think just having that freedom to express yourself, I think that is key to kind of our design success. Yeah, and I think the customer can see that in the products. Like they have a bit more soul to them. If you can say that a product has soul, but they, it's just a bit more relatable. I mean, I'll talk you through what we go through to design one product because, like you said, we put so much into it and everything we do, you know, it's... When you go to other brands, they'll say, right, designer for our customer who's in their 20 to 30s. We don't do that here. We literally... I design everything for myself because... And my friends, because that's where the inspiration is. Um, You know, as an example of the furniture range, I needed a TV cabinet to be this high because I don't like my TV being so low. So I designed a TV cabinet, which is tall for me. And it's, it's, and also like one of our buying things there, oh, actually I saw this and like I've done this with my flat recently and I need this and I was like, great idea, let's, let's design that product. It's all the stuff which is inspired by our lives and not, we're not second guessing what other people want. We're doing what we want. And I think that's the difference because we are customers 
and everyone that I'm sure shot from OB and I think that's really key to success because you can never second guess what other people are going to like. No. So you guys have to like it and that's the starting point. Uh, luckily enough, like I would say, it would be a life I say 100% of desi- designs I've done I love. I would say 99% of the time, um, you know, the designs I've done, I love and I wouldn't show it to the team if I'm not proud of it or I feel like it's not good enough. So it's, it's kind of the it goes through such a edit before it gets shown to everyone else and in order to get one design signed off I usually do 30 options and then we edit it down and I think about and I present to let's say 10 options to Ollie and the team and then we'll choose so there's so much work which goes in behind the scene and it starts with our concepts as well so when we do our design concept and forecast we don't look at what everyone else is doing. It doesn't really matter what everyone else so is doing. You don't go to a trained agency and go show us. No, no, we don't do that. We what we do is we have a meeting called Think Tank between all the design team across, um, you know, across fashion, jewelry, and you know the whole team. And I asked the team to bring right newspaper clips. What's going on in your mind? What's going on around us? What's happening in politics? How are people feeling? Because we're designers, we're not artists. We need to make products which is going to resonate with the people's emotions and feelings. And we need to understand what's going around us because that's what's going to influence people's decision. That's amazing. So that's the starting point. What happens after that? So it's so we narrow down so six key emotional drivers which is going to affect people's decision-making or what people want. And our brand vision and mission is to be that little flower in people's lives and um our eudaimonic promise is to well be that little happiness and joy in people's lives so we're not going to start designing things which is going to make people feel intimidated or unhappy we want to be that little fun element that people are going to respond to so after we have a meeting i sit down with our head of fashion and design and we write down six key emotional drivers and then we hand that out to the team. And it's not a like, this is what's happening. It's a question. So we ask them again, a question to think about. And we have another meeting and they start bringing visuals, which is going to fit in with that kind of story and that emotion and that feeling that we're trying to capture. And then from that, we create a mood board and the materials and it just dictates everything we're going to do. And then we create the concept and present it to the team, rest of the business, and we go from there and start designing. And how far in advance do you do that? I think probably about nine, ten months. Okay. Yeah. What does your role entail? Because you're head of design, right? So what does that mean? So that's having, well, working with the team. And I kind of, I mean, I joke saying that I'm captain of the team because I think when I recruit designers into the business, because obviously we've expanded, I always tell the designers, it's not about you. You leave your ego at the door, my ego at the door, we design everything together. So if it doesn't work, it's it's all of us. If it works, it's all of us. So um, because I've seen in a lot of businesses where designers get really competitive with each other mm-hmm. and we don't have that. We've got such a lovely, supportive working environment and that opens you up and it also it speeds up because you don't sit there with a design thinking oh no um this is not right I don't know what to do if I'm stuck I stand up say guys what do you think and I'll get feedback I'm like you're right that's right and I'll change it up straight away so that eliminates all that you know time and so we design as a team which is really lovely and 
so I kind of lead that. I set the tone for how people, you know, so if I'm really serious and I'm really pressurizing people, that sets the tone for the our team. And I want everyone to foster their creativity and express themselves. So I myself, they see that so they can be themselves. That's kind of what I do on that side. And also I you know, do the trend forecasting. I try to improve things. I manage the team. Um, I work very close with the buying and merch team. Um, yeah, do you know what? I don't actually have a job stack. I don't. I think I just do <laughs> everything. Bit of everything. How does that dynamic work with you know with the buying team and merch team? Because obviously, you guys come up with a product. Yeah. But then they have to source that product. I presume. How does it? What comes first? Um, it, actually, I would say it's half and half. So I travel a lot with the buying team. So we work as a team. It's never like a buying team and design team separately. We go everywhere together. We go to the factories together. I can't tell you how many factories I've visited around the world. And I work with the suppliers as well because I've got this technique in mind. I don't know if they can do it. I pitch it to them and we work as a team. So it's actually collaborating with the suppliers, collaborating with the buyers, collaborating with like everyone around you that's how you get to the product that must be really rewarding to kind of go and speak to the people making it and say can we do this oh it's so rewarding and also i um our suppliers tend to tell us that we're their favorite people i mean we do take them chocolate so obviously they probably <laughs> think oh the girls are back with the chocolate but i see as a partnership it's not they're doing it we're working together to create this together it's not us asking her to make things to make money it's not about that it's just because if we create this new technique with them it's got to be a lot of work for them as well remember they're making it however that's going to create another business for them you know with other people so mm. it's kind of you give and take and yeah so it's and then they will go their way out of their way to create this product for you yeah and also you since you visit the factories you know how it is you know, yeah. from the whole knowing your source and all that sort of thing, you visiting a lot of the suppliers must be great because you know who's making it, you know what the working conditions are like. Oh, yeah. Sense. I mean, I've been to loads of factories and I know exactly how things are made. I think as a designer, if you don't know how things are made, there's no, you're not a designer because really, if you don't understand the manufacturing process, how can you design something? And you can't, you can't materialize it. You know, I could be the most creative person in the world, think of the genius product ideas, but I can't make it and make it into real thing. Then I don't think that's a good designer. No. And I think that you can't think outside the box and come up with new ways of using materials or anything like that. It kind of becomes more mechanical, I suppose. You You know, if you just stay in an office and do drawing yeah exactly and you know when people ask me what inspires you it's going out there going traveling working with the factories seeing what they make and i sometimes you know these factories some of the factories have been in business for 40 30 50 years i go to their archive go through it and recently um i'm i'm sure you know that um indoor plant trends has been really big so we've been doing this watering can and i had i went to a factory in portugal and we get on really well. We have lovely lunches together. And they've been around for, I think, 35 years. And one of the owners wanted to show me all the photographs of what they've been doing for the past 30 years. And because we were really good friends with us, I was just flicking through. And they used to do some crazy products. And I was like, what's this? And they were doing ceramic watering can. I was like, this is beautiful. So it was like 
it was shape of a dog. It was the you know it's very like seventies, but so I was like, right, I'm gonna take that idea and turn it into something modern. And we created this new water and can in ceramic, and it's the most beautiful thing you know we're doing next season. So it's things like that really kind of get your um spot like creative spark going. And that's exciting because I haven't seen that. Well, no, it was always round, but yeah, we're but, bringing it back. Yeah, yeah. But you, you haven't seen it for a long time. Yeah. So that's very exciting. So. Is that how you find your inspiration from traveling and kind of keeping up with what people want, uh, well, what people are feeling? Yeah, so it's traveling, going out there. Um, it's you know, it, it's just from everyday life. You know, if I'm going to the gym, I'm using water bottle. If I'm having dinner with my friends and I went to this bar and they made this new cocktail, and the you know the glass was pretty. Or it's it could be anything. It doesn't really matter. So I think it's. When people, you know, creative people tend to be creative all the time. You can't just switch on and off. So I think I'm constantly, my brain's always switched on, which is really tiring, actually. Yeah. um, Yeah. So any, and my friends, anything, really. I suppose we already touched touched on how you make sure that Oliver Benner stays on trend because you're not following trends necessarily, you're more thinking about how people are feeling like yeah, you said yeah. and that's how you make sure that happens so what will be hot for this autumn and winter and are you already working on spring summer next year yeah we'll we are new, we're wrapping up spring summer 20 now this winter i must say though because we worked on it seven eight months i'm because we're always thinking forward i'm like what's coming in because we recently had a press day and i'm like did we do that i don't remember did we do that so Next season, what's coming in? Gin goblets. Everyone's obsessed with gin, but still, I know. Literally, (laughs) people stop drinking; it's too much. Um, Indoor plants, I think. um, Planters, uh, because obviously some people can't have pets, but you can have little plants to look after. Um, What other trends probably have we got coming in? I, I mean, at the moment, I'm obsessed with indoor plants. I've got so many, and I think that's going to be still quite relevant and key trends for homeware it's how i think it would be quite interesting to see what happens with your living room because obviously living room is becoming a hub so people because of delivery because of the technology people are staying in in more because you don't have to go out to get all the stuff you want you've got netflix you've got cinema in your house you've got um, food delivered to you restaurant food delivered to you you can even get booze delivered to you nowadays so for living room I think people are going to redefine it. So we've been start designing things slightly differently and loads of people are working from home more. So I think watch out for living room space products from us. I think it's going to really change it up. And That's exciting. So I work from home. Yeah. And one thing that often comes up, you know, in various Facebook groups and things is, what do you guys wear when you work from home? Like something that is obviously comfortable, but that you can still open the door to your neighbours in and not look like you're in your PJs. And yeah. that, that sort of comes up a lot. Leisure wear, yeah. Where you're actually working, like, from home, you know, what's your space like? Are you taking the time to actually make it yours? Yeah. yeah. I've actually just recently designed a new furniture range just for that. So it's got, it's flexible. It's actually, it's going back to, I can't give you, give away too much, but it, you know the hanging plant and um, planter trend. I was like, I can't nail the ceiling. I don't know what to do. I don't know where to hang it. I really want to buy it. So I created something 
which is gonna which is gonna allow you to have plants and also it's gonna have other functionalities and it might be a desk or but it's beautifully designed and it's not like it's it doesn't almost look too functional but it's got so much hidden underneath there behind it so i think everything we do now design into it has to be functional because like people are gonna buy less but they're gonna buy well and they want a flexible products they want one thing to you know as in gin goblet they want it to be gin goblet they want to be a cocktail glass they want to be a water goblet people want multifunctional products but it has to be beautifully made i think that's what people really really yeah wanting. rather than just looking like you can do a thousand things like, yeah yeah I, I think that's so interesting i think also as our spaces get smaller yeah because everything gets more expensive in terms of property yeah it kind of feeds all together doesn't it yeah i think you just have it's just being clever with your resources and what you've got and as a designer i know that's what people are feeling especially if you live in uk versus america where they've got much more space our rooms are very small so but you need to the our house is now a theater a restaurant office so what products can accommodate all of that so it's kind of our challenge to come up with products which fits in all those briefs that our consumers want and i guess then becomes a must-have product almost. exactly so that's really i'm looking forward to that that would be great my desk is very clunky and not very great and i don't sit at it much because of it so do you also visit any trade shows yeah, so we do go to UK um, trade shows top draw, we go to Maison in Paris, we go to Ambiente, which is fantastic. I think it's the best show because you've got the trends and you also have all the suppliers around the world. So you can kind of see if you go to Hall 8 or 7, you can see how things are made and then you go to Hall, Trend Hall, and you're like, oh, that's how it's executed. So it's really interesting. And then we sometimes go to the New York trade shows, the New York gift fair, um, and Milan Salone is fantastic. I love Salone di Mobile. Yeah, it's the best show. So we do go to a lot of shows there because we have to be exposed to things constantly, don't we? As yeah. a cre- uh, as a creators, and otherwise you just get stuck and do the same thing because you're not thinking ahead or your brain's not moving forward with it. So does everyone in your team get out of the office then to experience things? Yeah, so I think most of us to get out uh, are buying team to. Do they go to different trade shows? Our design team, we go to galleries and museums all the time. So I think where we are, we get to travel a bit more um, than other businesses. So yeah, I think it's so important. Yeah, everyone gets that all the time. So what's your favourite part of the process? I think it's... My favourite part of process is bringing ideas together so because when we do think tank it's not just my perspective on what's happening right now it's every single person in their design team's perspective so we've got people in their early 20s to people in their 50s so you're quite it's quite diverse so it's really interesting you know to see how people think and we put that into little this brand called all of a bonus and create the story to tell with our customers through design and seeing that kind of very high think high you know, big thinking to the actual product. And, you know, that product just didn't come up. We didn't just come up with it because we thought, oh, saw that, let's copy that and do that. It goes back, it extends back to where we discussed what we want to achieve and it just follows through. So that's really, I think, rewarding. That's probably quite different from some design teams. I think from places I've worked, no one works like this. 
it's very different because also it you, it just means you have to have a confidence as a brand and as a designer and as a creative because the people tend to follow others because it's proven success and it's daunting when you have to create this story to tell and sometimes it works really well and we make bestsellers sometimes it flops so it's really risky but I think it's that having that create you know what Oli's done for us is he's created this platform it's fine to fail it's okay to fail because you can't be getting it right constantly so it's having that just playful approach to work I think it's worked really well for us Oliver Bonus carries that through with everything though they were one of the first to adapt oh, London they? and living wage yeah and like lots of different things I was reading on the blog too they have interviews with different people from different parts in the company I just think that's really nice I, I, we've got such a great people in the business so um like PR team, you know, you just met Colette, she's lovely, she writes all the blogs, and we've got such a, it's just, pr- what, you know, you asked me what I do, it's essentially, it's just bringing people together, because they, the ideas are there, it's just creating it, so it fits in with whatever we're trying to do, and just having that discussion, so it's just pulling everything together, but we do have fantastic people in the business, and, you know, we're here because we love the brand, and we believe in what we do, and it's obviously showing through expansion of the business and money but you know if if your driver as a person is money this brand isn't for you because it's you know then you might as well just go and work for you know, Lidl somewhere else who's very money focused we're here to try to make a difference and enjoy work and be creative so I think and it's not just as a design team and like I said it's across the whole business I mean our visual merchandising team is fantastic our store designs are just I think we, I like to say we have one of the best store designs in the high street right now. It's beautiful, well curated. Our PR and marketing team, they do an amazing job. Our operations, our website, it's every single department in the business which make the brand. It's just not, I don't think it's just the design, it's what everyone kind of builds, brings to the table. And even though you thrive, you still have a business where every department communicates to make it all happen together. Yeah, I think, you know, with communication, I think everyone always say we could do better. But it's because I think the biggest thing here is we genuinely have great friendship with each other. So, you know, I'm friends with, I've got great, obviously, design team. We always hang out together all the time. But it's having that friendship because when you have friendship, you trust them. So you can kind of give them honest feedback, vice versa. And it's just that great teamwork. But we've, like I said, we've got such a fantastic people in the business is that friendship which fosters this really great culture and collaboration between different departments because even though I'm not necessarily related to you know let's say web content or website I'll you know I've got a friend called Anna I can just go and talk to her and have ideas and you know just it's just everyone's approachable so it's just sharing of ideas and I think that's what our culture is and that's why it feels really cohesive so what's your most challenging part of your job? Uh, most challenging part? I think when you have a vision and you have an idea for a season, it's selling that to the rest of the business because if no one buys into it, it's never going to get executed. So I think that's probably the toughest part because also you're thinking ahead and you can't explain every single detail of your thinking process. You're really presenting the cherry on top of what you've just gone through on a you know ice cream sundae. And 
that's kind of, I think, the hardest. I mean, I'm still learning. I've got so much to improve, need to get better at things. So we're constantly improving. And it's just getting the feedback from people and getting people involved in the process because it's not like, as a designer, we created this, here you go. You know, it's just like, what do you guys want? would like us to work on? What do you guys want to hear? What information do you need? So it's just constantly having that communication. And I think that's probably quite challenging from time to time yeah so I think also when you're crunched for time that's the biggest thing because you've got so many designs to do so many products to do so many people to manage so many people meetings to have and <laughs> um, so I think that's the most challenging part but as long as what you know what your priorities are then it, that shouldn't be a problem because you can just reprioritize what's important for the business and how many products a year do you have to um, or each season so it varies obviously season to season and so as an example we obviously you probably know we call it skew but so let's say last season i think we did designed about 350 skews however one skew could be a candle which means new fragrance new packaging new vessel so it's not one product yeah. so we do out of everywhere we i've worked the pace of designs here are incredible i think we're very efficient that's probably quite key thing because our team's actually not that big there's five of us oh wow yeah so i think that around 350 skews i think we do every season so every year there will be about 700 that's a lot of products between five people yeah but we the amount of work we get out is pretty incredible and i think it's just hopefully it will get better and better but i think it's working with you know buying to because we've worked we've got this relationship now we if we before we start designing things you know they really support us in finding out what our suppliers can do what you know what what materials we can use so it's every single thing which contribute towards just designing those number of SKUs. and they always ask us oh how do you always come up with new ideas i'm like we always have too many ideas it's just editing it down that's a problem but yeah so a lot of a lot of designs in here. It's fun though. Yeah, it's exciting. And is that then split into like collections or like little stories in themselves? Yeah, so we do it for design stories, design concept stories. But um, also we're kind of, if we find something, if we're, if we're on a trip and we see something and we're like, that's amazing, that technique's amazing, we'll just design something there and there and just bring it in. And we're not restricted. I think we're very organic. Um, and we introduce, we tend to introduce new um, new products weekly. So compared to other retailers where they do big seasons, where they launch everything in one go, we're just kind of organic in ways of like, if it's delayed, doesn't matter. It can come in next week. So I think that's what's given us this kind of freshness because everyone else is quite restrictive in terms of the, the way they want. And that makes it so much nicer from a supplier point of view to deal with someone that is not well, if you're going to be late by one week, we're going to fine you 5% each week. No, I know. And I think, you know, I understand that when we send the design briefs, we're, the, we're not easy. We're not the simple designs. It's actually quite challenging. So, like, I almost feel grateful that they're doing this for us. So I think, you know, when we're, and also, like, we're very flexible and we want to keep that relationship with them because, like you said, we keep finding people, and doing that, no one's going to do any new briefs for us or take design to next level manufacturer work with us. And like I said, our suppliers are our partner, like our partners. They are our, like our colleagues. So 
you wouldn't do that to me if you said, oh, Molly, the design's going to be a weak credit. I'm, I'm not going to turn and say, right, we're going to start buying you in 5%. <laughs> yeah. It's the same principle. You yeah. have to treat them with respect and, you know, then they would go out go out of their way to push it forward for you, you know? It's, yeah. not, nothing's perfect. No, and I think you help people. You want to do things for people. Yeah. So and it just makes it so much more enjoyable to do what you oh, do. Yeah, yeah definitely. Um, so what does, what advice would you give someone that is kind of on the beginning of their brand's journey? I think the most important thing is if you're starting your own brand, find find out what your vision is, where you want to be, because I think that's key. So many other external factors that come at your way when you're growing your business, whether it's people issues, whether it's the supply issues, money issue, you can't predict anything. So as long as you've got clear vision of what is driving you to be there and put in those working hours and passion into it, then you will be successful. And also really have that clarity of what you're trying to achieve because one minute you want to be the you know, best um, homeware business, but what what is that homeware mean to you? What are you trying to achieve? I think just having clarity in the vision and um, not being so disheartened by everything which is going around you. So trying to control what you can control. And also, I feel like at the moment, the I feel I always say this, but we're at a tipping point of something where the retail and the consumer habits are really changing. So be aware of what's happening around you because, you know, small things like even like politics and the technology is really, really going to change how people shop. So be really sensitive of, what's happening and see the opportunity within that and um so i think just keep your eyes open not relating back to your retail business but other industries around you because it always is it always has a butterfly effect yeah and that's why you go to museums and galleries and travel yeah yeah i think it's really important and also be open-minded and you know we read about how the high street is struggling a lot so what does all of our bonus have kind of just grown and grown and grown? So what do you do differently? I mean, we talked a lot about the design, obviously. Yeah. But how do you get people through the doors? I think it's the store environment. Um, As I mentioned, our stores, the new store, even the, they just keep talking year after year. The stores are just beautiful and it's amazing. It's just incredible space that you want to be in. It's almost like um, our school, square footage of our stores are getting bigger which is fantastic because you can put more products in and it's more spacious but you know when people go to shopping mall because it's destination they don't just go there to shop they go there to eat food hang out but our stores are becoming a space where people go because it's just they've got so many beautiful products and it's an experience it's not just popping to a store to pick something up they don't know what they're going to find also we've got really our products come quite quickly so Week after week, it could be quite different. So that's what's really driving the football into our business. So I think a lot of his, a lot of businesses, other retailers do like you know the seasonal drop, and like I wouldn't go back in because I know nothing will have changed within two, three, four months. Yeah, I go to most retailers every quarter. Exactly. Yeah. Whereas with us, you don't know what you're going to get next week. And I think the key is also like looking back of what we used to design six years ago. We've evolved so much. 
is almost like doing stuff that they don't predict you to do. Like, let's just hit them with something really random or something really different, which is actually driven by this, you know, the workshops and the think tank we do. It's not just, oh, let's just do this to shock people. It's actually a really considered decision. Um, so I think that's what's kind of driving that us as a brand to be more successful. And it's the flexibility as a business. You know, there's a lot of up-and-coming young brands who use Instagram to establish themselves into the mass market. And before, they didn't have the opportunity to do that, but now anyone can do it. So we've got that competition. So you need to move quickly. You need to react quickly. You need to evolve quickly. I think that's what you need, flexibility as a high street retailer. How many? How much of your products are now own brand? I think on the fashion side, I would like to say it's about, I think it's nearly 100%. On the home and gift side, because we have books and cards, um, there are so many SKUs, and I would love to write books, but I can't be publishing books week after week. I would like to say it's like, I don't exactly know the figure, but I, I'm i just, I don't know, 75%. <laughs> I don't know, our merch team will be like, no, you're wrong, Molly, but um, yeah, I don't really know, to be honest. I suppose it's nice to be able to get things in quickly from other companies whenever yeah, something is yeah. delayed or... And yeah. that's the thing. I think, again, going back to flexibility, we're not, we don't say, right, this season we're going to do 100% own brand because sometimes there's a trend of products or something that other people do much better than us, whether that's beauty products or face masks or something else. But we want to sell that and deliver it to our customers. So we just get it in. Next day, it's there, it's selling. So it's, again, going back to having the flexibility, I think is such a key thing to have for retailers right now. Yeah, I think that has come up quite a few times now that we have to keep kind of innovate and stay flexible. We can't do what we used to do. As a, I think as as a size of business as we are, it's almost like the bigger you are, you need to have that startup mentality. So don't be afraid to innovate constantly. Don't be afraid to mix things up. Don't be afraid to try things because I think if you don't try things, then you're not moving on and people will get bored of your brand. They you know, they will think, right, I don't need to do that. And really understand what people want and how you're feeling. What 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 do I buy right now? What do I want to do? And think about right, how can I bring that to the business? Like what can we do? Because for me, I think I've been very lucky but you have to make design products or make things for yourself as well i mean you know what actually i've I've said this a few times at talks and things and people disagreed with me but this is my personal opinion if you work for a brand and you don't shop there you don't believe in it then it's not you're not going to create the best products for the business so i think it's just that's why for startup it's really exciting because it's you that's your brand so you can do whatever really floats your boat and you can be really authentic i think that's another key thing and it's not looking to other people to copy it's you have to tell your own story through your designs or products or experience or the store space and i think that's being authentic because if you go to other shops they don't really have their own core identity they no, lost they that, lost that. Yeah. a lot of high street stores at the moment have lost that have yeah, and uh, you know when we go to the factories, because the funny thing is, we actually share the suppliers with most of the high street retailers. Actually, we go to the same people, mm-hmm. and they always ask. They want to do what you guys are up to, because we're not we're not afraid to try things, and we are creating, we're innovating, and I think that's kind of key to fostering the success in retail business. I think it's time for everyone to just step back and realize the formula we've been working with 
past two decades is not going to work anymore. And it's noticing that and doing something to move forward or innovate. And this is where it's not design, it's creative thinking comes into place. And I think, you know, at this point, I'm really actually really excited to see what's going to happen in two, three years' time. So I think it's going to um, drastically change. I think it's really exciting. I think, actually, the high street as a whole, a lot of boring stuff. Yeah. But the retail industry is still exciting to me. There's so many new products coming out that are great from smaller companies and smaller businesses that, you know, designer and brand owner made like one woman teams it's just exciting to see what they come up with no exactly so we were doing that on a bigger scale yeah. so you know every season I, I would like to approach things as as a, we're a new startup we have the energy we have the passion we have the drive we're not doing things because oh it was successful last season let's just repeat that it's always thinking right that was successful we, what we can learn from that what how can we move it on why did people buy that? It's just questioning things. Why? Why do they buy that? Why do they want this? But people sometimes forget to do that because I think I guess thinking is really hard. I guess you also don't make it easy for your merchandising team then. Oh yeah, but they put up with us then. <laughs> you know, we've got great merch team because also you know they know what drives the business. Yeah, they know it's not buying same thing. I mean, we do our best sellers. Some of them have been best sellers for two, three years. It's inevitable. People tend to go to safer options when they actually purchase but I you know I always talk to our merch or buying team to try to persuade in a way it's like oh it's your fashion show you go in you get wowed you're like this is one wonderful but you walk away with a grey jumper that is me <laughs> but it's because people want to be wowed it's the experience which drives people to go in there so yes would you rather come to us and buy a glass like a wine glass or would you rather go to other supermarket brands and buy a glass you would probably want to come in for the experience and buy the glass yeah, from us course. and i think that's what we're trying to do so we do have a really creative team and they want they do let us take risks which is fantastic and i think ollie really supports that and essentially it's ollie's you know that he created the vision he created the mission and we're just kind of out doing our part to fit into that so i think that's why we drive as a team, drive their business forward. But our merch team, I mean, they've always kind of worked like this. When the new merchants come in, they're like, what's going on here? This is a nightmare. But they, everyone adapts really quickly. And big thing about our merch team is they love our products. So, so I then it becomes fun. Yeah. And a challenge. It's to a challenge. forecast what you should spend money on. <laughs> yeah, it's really challenging, I think. I mean, I it's definitely challenging, but clearly they know what they're doing yeah Yeah, no that's great so before we finish can you tell us about a brand that you think is doing everything right that you think deserves a shout out at the moment and um, another retailer that you think is exciting the brand so I'm going to shout out my local shop so I actually go in that shop more than my uh, early shop sometimes it's called Amazing Curate and it's on Northcourt Road in Clapham and they do beautiful, they sell plants, they sell dry flowers, they sell candles. They basically sell what we sell, but it's just independent independent, and really well curated. And it's just lovely, lovely space. And they've got very different look to OB, but it's really fun to be there. It's, I love it. So it's really nice. Other brands are doing things right. It's, this is a really tough one because, as you know, all the homeware gifting industry is actually really suffering. And if I'm being really honest, I can't really pick up 
a brand who's I look at them like wow they've done something incredible because I think at the moment because of the Brexit and other factors people are quite scared to try new things which is fair because you can't take big risks right now because you know they have to keep the employers and things but yeah I don't know who do you think is doing a good job? I don't know. I think Papersmith is nice. Oh, yeah, Papersmith. Paper yeah. I think they are doing really well. Well, I, I like their brand. I yeah, like yeah. their store. Yeah. I think that Waitress came, even came up in a, shop, in a conversation only oh. because of that whole um, bring your own yeah. container thing. I know who's doing a really good job. I'm sorry. I go in that shop every week. Tiger, fine tiger. Uh, yeah, I, I go in there way too often. Oh, it's literally, I keep buying stuff that I don't need, but yeah. it's like, <laughs> I bought a bubble making machine. I'm like, I don't need that. I don't even have a child, but I'll just buy that. It's fantastic. <laughs> yeah, but it's fun. Yeah. And they, what they do is they change up their mix constantly. So yeah. like our shop, you go in there and you don't know what to expect. And um, they deliver the, I think their designs are great. The packaging's great. The price point's fantastic. Yeah, so I think they're doing a fantastic job. Like, I love their stuff. Yeah, and you know what to expect, but you don't necessarily know what product to They buy. sell such random stuff. Yeah, it's super random, but you know you're always going to find something. <laughs> you and like you always, always find something. And it's that, even in food, I find my spices or oh, drinks. Oh, me too, yeah. Yeah, it's fantastic. I, I think they're doing a fantastic job. Yeah, so I'm a big fan. That's great. Thank you so much. Thank you. Would you like to tell us how people can connect with you and all of our bonus? Well, we've got a fantastic Instagram and blog. You can follow us on that. Thank you so much, Molly, for taking the time to chat with me today. And thank you so much for all of you who are listening. Before I wrap this episode up, I want to take some time to tell you about Joanne Griffin and Elizabeth Styles' newly launched trend guides. I met Joanne and Elizabeth as we are one of 11 contributing editors over on the Smaller Mighty Co. A small business hub for independent retailers, brands and creatives. Joanne used to work for Not on the High Street and her job was to create the trend guides for their sellers. And Elizabeth has a fashion buying background and has worked for Next, Arcadia and Asta. I hope that you picked up some tips from Molly about how she leads her team through the creative process to make sure that Oliver Bonus stays relevant. But if you don't have time to stay on top of trends or the time to give you the headspace that you need to step back and really think about what's happening in the world and how this is relevant to your products and your customers, then Elizabeth's and Joanne's guides are perfect for you. Trend guides are often super expensive. I'm talking thousands and thousands of pounds and they're generally not that accessible for the small business owner and they are often not developed with a small business in mind. But Joanna and Elizabeth has tried to change that and they made their guide very affordable and on top of that they also split it up to five different product categories so if you don't want to buy the whole guide you can buy the category that is most relevant for you. So the categories are clothing, accessories and jewellery, home, garden, stationery and cards, baby and child for fashion and home, beauty and well-being and food and packaging and lastly wedding and events. But if you can, buy the full guide as you might find inspiration in other categories. Trends often start with food and then fashion and it follows on with home. So even if one seems like the most obvious to you 
and the most relevant to you, you will find a lot more content in the full complete guide. Each individual guide includes three key trends which are set to be hit stores throughout 2020 and Joanna and Elizabeth share these trends and why they are trending, how customer behavior is changing and how these apply to your specific product category and so much more. They give you color palettes and lots and lots of tips and advice. You can find everything that you need over on Joanne's website and they have kindly offered all of your listeners a 15% discount code. You can find the links and the discount code over in the show notes. Thank you so much for listening. I hope that you enjoyed this episode and if you did, I would so appreciate it if you would rate and review this podcast. It really, really helps others find the podcast too and I would love for more and more of you to discover it. As I mentioned in the beginning of the episode, I would love to see where you are tuning in. So remember to tag me. I'm at small underscore business underscore collaborative. It's all in the show notes as well. Now we'll be back next Monday to talk about how you can create your product plan and why that is important. I hope to see you then. 